It's the Kyle Hyman Show on Redeemer Radio. Kind of wildly flailing about and leaning toward the body like, like they want to grab it and bring it back. And then, of course, the serenity of the dead Christ juxtaposed with the drama of the people. You can't talk about art history without seeing the impact Catholicism has had on art and the impact that art has had on Catholicism. It's time for our monthly art history lesson with Charles and Amanda Shepard from the Fort Wayne Museum of Art. It's always good to be back here at the Fort Wayne Museum of Art for my art history lesson. Mm -hmm. And uh, it looks like we're going to be talking about some sculptures. Yeah, we're talking about some really unique sculptures, something I've never seen before. Uh, It really sparked my interest because of how dramatic they are. Uh, Hmm. They're actually called compianto, which means lamentation in Italian. And they are terracotta multi-sculpture scenes of figures lamenting the dead Christ. They're very theatrical. Mm -hmm. And they're life-size. They're very big. Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. And they're in several churches in Italy, and uh, by the artist Guido Mazzoni. He lived from 1445 to 1518. He got his start actually making masks and costumes for the Duke of Ferrara's wedding. And okay. so, yeah, I guess you got to start somewhere. Did you wear a mask at your wedding? <laughs> well, I didn't. None of them met my expectations. <laughs> I, was, I was maybe. Married either too late or too early for the mask weddings. There. <laughs> Perfect. So he then was invited into this Duke's court life to make ephemera and props and things like that. So, huh. so very theatrical roots for this artist, which explained these like a passion play in a sculpture form. Yeah. And just to give people the image as charles said they're life-size figures uh maybe like six or eight figures all crying wringing their hands yelling uh pleading really mourning lamenting Mm -hmm. the dead the corpse of christ in front of them so they're very searing and visceral and the figures uh virgin mary mary magdalene john the evangelist And as Amanda was just saying, they're so upset, and he's captured their passion and their lamentation so so well, so humanly. And what's really interesting is back to that theatrical aspect is that he actually cast donors and their friends as these characters. Oh, okay. So if you were a friend or donor of the artist, you got to play the part of Nicodemus or Joseph of Arimathea or mm-hmm. Mary uh, and sort of act out and hold your pose for the artist to sculpt you. Yeah. I think he also did nativities. He or did. at least one. There was, a, yep, there was a nativity scene. Uh, he made several of these lamentation scenes, though, yeah. as well. I feel like the nativity is maybe more common. Like yeah. Everybody has a nativity in oh, their yeah. house, right? Right. But this is kind of a similar concept, mm-hmm. life-size, but mm-hmm. it's the scene maybe a little bit more realistic than some of our nativities are, <laughs> Yeah, you know? Yeah. But. That's a really good point, Kyle. Like, I, I mean, I could see these being pieces that you would, uh, miniatures that you might put out mm-hmm. 
in your house at Lent or sure. something like that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we, we Not we that have, we do that, but I could see that. Yeah, you, you wonder why the custom hasn't extended to Lent as well to, right. to meditate on the dead Christ. That's That's a really good point, Kyle. Now, I don't think any of us have sought this out online, but I'll bet you anything, someone, some company is selling small versions right, right. of these <laughs> that are probably not terracotta either. Right. Not, yeah. yeah, a note on the material, they are terracotta, which kind of bring these down a little bit in value and stature because they're not bronze and they aren't native stone. Mm-hmm. The There was not native stone available to him in his part of Italy, so he used terracotta and then painted them. So that... That makes these more fragile, mm-hmm. less, um, you know, the paint is is more fragile. Uh, the historians cite that because they're terracotta, maybe brings his fame down a little bit than being included in some of the big time artists that sculpted in bronze and marble. Is some of that because you can fix your mistakes with clay? A lot easier than if it was marble. Because terracotta would be like a type of clay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose that's possible. There's definitely a more immediacy. You know, you can shape something back into place. Whereas in marble, you've got to get some pretty serious tools to do that. Yeah. Well, and I suspect, let's go back to him getting started in in art. Uh, He came from a fairly wealthy family. uh, So he had a privileged social position. And he used that to advance his career because he could be in proximity of various people with money enough to commission things. And if he'd made the masks already, he knew one thing right off the bat. I can put you in this scene really accurately because I'm going to use the terracotta to make your mask. And mm-hmm. I can see that going, you know, practically speaking, going over very well. Like, mm-hmm. oh, if you carved me, I might look a little like me, but not exactly like me. True. Now, this is good. So I think... He used his mask making to translate into his art making, and then because of popularity, I'm riding that horse. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Huh. And as a matter of fact, he got so popular, he was one of the very few artists to have been knighted by Charles VIII. Okay. Yeah, he was invited. So French kings were looking around for artists to bring into their court. And so they looked to the major artistic centers and they often, because uh, Mazzoni had gotten so famous for these lamentation scenes, Charles VIII heard about him and invited him to his court. And he, as Charles said, he was knighted, he was the best paid, and he made the sculpture that Charles VIII chose to surround his tomb, which was a sculpture of himself and then an angel, which was a very big deal to be the artist to make the funerary items for the king. Yeah. Huh. Well, and and it's hard for us to imagine how the king's court worked back in those days because there's nothing like it anymore. But in a sense, the king's court represented, was symbolic maybe, of how strong the country was in various different ways, financially, artistically. And so if you found some good artists and you pluck them, you bring them into your court or musicians or whatever, it's showing the richness of your court Mm -hmm. and the richness of your taste, your good taste Mm -hmm. in that. Like today, maybe Bon Jovi lives at the White House. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Could could happen. There you go. Stays in favor. Yeah. I can't stress enough to the listener how dramatic some of these expressions are. You know, we have 
women who look like they are screaming. They're Mm -hmm. so upset. They're screaming. Their hands are kind of wildly flailing about and leaning toward the body like like they want to grab it and bring it back. And then, of course, the serenity of the dead Christ juxtaposed with the drama of the people in one of these we have a woman clasping her hands, looking real muscular, like she's like she needs to get out her physical, yeah. her physical angst in some way. So you can imagine the scene. Okay, so the artist calls together these people and says, "Okay, give me your most upset, crazy, grieving, raw emotional experience if your Lord and Savior was dead in front of you." And you right. can imagine the noise in the room, maybe. Um, Maybe he's making their masks beforehand, <laughs> their facial expressions. But you can imagine the people actually assembling together like they're assembling a scene of a play yeah, to become right. a multi-part sculpture, like an installation. Mm-hmm. And they didn't have cameras, so no. they have to sit there. He, well, they, I would imagine just... that he sketched and okay. you know, maybe had stand-ins once he got the facial expression in. Yeah, I mean, he would have used many different tools to make this happen uh-huh. at the degree that he did. I mean, they're beautiful. They're not unsophisticated work. So he obviously had helpers, tools. Well, and, and I think to get in three dimensions, to get such convincing gestures and looks on faces, I think it's more difficult to do than on a canvas. You're going to use a model with a canvas too to get the outline but then you could dismiss that model and move it around with your brush. In this case, because you're casting it and molding it out of terracotta, you don't have the freedom that you would with a brush on a canvas. So this has got to be really pretty good. A fascinating story would be to find, if anything could be found, how did he assemble these this cast of characters to play these roles? Yeah, You know, this is fascinating. Well, and... You've talked in the past about paintings having flowing garments and how hard it is to do the shadows and everything. Uh, Lots of flowing garments here, (laughs) lots of wrinkles in the fabrics and everything, which I imagine maybe it's not as difficult to actually mold that it is to make it look like that with the shading and stuff. But yeah, no, still very extravagant, kind of in the yeah, he didn't hold back. Absolutely, yeah. There's a lot of sumptuousness in the clothing that they're wearing and the hair too. I don't know if that's Mary Magdalene, the one who's, who's really upset in, in one of these. And she's, I think the only woman not wearing a veil and her hair is just so beautifully cascading around her shoulders. It's interesting though, if she would have been in that position, I think her hair would not have been so perfectly laying on her shoulder. It would have (laughs) been like tumbling down. (laughs) In her face. Yeah. So maybe he idealized, maybe, maybe she said, you know, make my hair look good. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So is the best way to find these? I mean, I'll put links to these in the show notes, but search for his name. Just, you know, maybe Lamentation Over the Dead Christ. Google that or uh, Guido Mazzoni and you'll get his Wikipedia entry and all of these are on there. And then, you know, when we can travel again, go to Italy and you can see these in the Italian churches. (laughs) Very good. And again, I'll I'll have images of these in the show notes if people want to check that out at kylehammond.com. Stop by the museum downtown Fort Wayne. Also find more information at fwmoa.org and fwmoa on social media. All right. Thank you so much, Charles and Amanda Shepard. Thank Thank you. You You can follow me on social media at Kyle Hyman or follow the show. 
at Kyle Hyman Show. And until next time, remember to leave room for the Holy Spirit. This show is a production of the Spoke Street Media Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, visit SpokeStreet.com.